Welcome to the Mini Lombardi Podcast, Week Three Edition. TJ, how you doing this week? Oh, I am. Uh, I am very happy this week. How are you doing, Ray? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Getting lots of trade offers this morning and this afternoon from our good friend Scary. Yeah, my phone hasn't uh, stopped buzzing. Yeah. Speaking of Scary, let's get into the Week Three recap, and I think we should start with Upset City. I did not see this one coming. Yeah, the team that scares me played Neek this week, and Neek pulled out a good win off the team that wasn't very scary. I mean, to be fair, Scary had a very good performance. He was the fifth highest scoring team of the week. Yeah, so definitely in the top half there. Um, Overall, I mean, a little underperforming on Mixon, ankle injury, you know. Waller, a little underperforming there, but overall the rest of his team, I mean, strong Stevenson with 20 points and his flex, I mean, that's really nice. I think the big thing that we got to talk about is the fact that Romeo Dobbs broke out this week, and that was awesome for Packer fans. That was a lot of fun to watch. And what a better way to build trust with Aaron Rodgers than to catch every single ball that's thrown at you, right? We can only hope. Help me, Romeo Dobbs. Your only hope. (laughs) But, you know... Neek had a very solid matchup. None of her players except for Dobbs really scored outstanding, but every single one of them seemed to be in double digits. Well, in coaching decision-wise, I mean, she didn't leave a lot of points on the bench. And the team that scares me did. So that's really going to hurt your chance of winning. Well, this one was surprising to me. And um, uh, hopefully Scary can bounce back next week. Otherwise, uh, I don't know what kind of trade offers I'm going to be getting. (laughs) <laughs> well, moving along, we have Mrs. Sirius versus Badger Girl. Mrs. Sirius is highest scoring team for the second week in a row. And you really look at her lineup and it's really all about two players. Josh Allen and Mark Andrews had over 80 points by themselves. That's over half her points. That Those are two very strong scoring players. They are really holding things down for her. And it's not like she has a bad rest of her team. I mean, you got Waddle. He puts up a lot of points. Definitely a lot of good players. I mean, she's, she's going to constantly have a pretty high-scoring team here. And Badger Girl can pretty much uh, blame the loss on Aaron Jones and Mike Williams. She left a lot of points on the bench. She had three players on her bench with over 20 points. Yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely going to hurt your chance. And all from running backs, too. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, so three players with over 20 points on her bench. Four if you count Mac Jones. Just a rough day overall. It's a hard one, too, because, I mean, which of those guys would you have actually started over Aaron Jones? I definitely could have started one of those guys over Noah Brown. Noah Brown has actually been doing pretty good this year so far. He's got quite the rapport with Cooper Rush. He is 25th ranked overall in PPR formats. He just had a huge week, too. But I mean, 10 points in week one and 10 points in week two, that's not thats not half bad. You can bank on a nice 10 spot. I guess I know where you're coming from, but like, Cordell Patterson's been on a tear. Oh, absolutely. Isn't he the like sixth ranked running back in PPR format? So I mean, yeah, he would, um, was you not to trust him. He did have only four points last week. He had 22 in week one and 22 in week three. So definitely a little reason to question him. There's not a lot of guys in football, though, that you can really bank on week in and week out. You know, that's why you have your first-round studs, and then you have your ninth-round duds. Well, you also have your ninth-round studs and your first-round duds, so... (laughs) That is accurate. All right. Let's move on to uh, Waddle Baby Waddle and the medical doctor. The doctor is in. 
I wonder what kind of remedy he's going to have for his team this week. Yeah, that's a that's a tough loss. Some wounds to bandage. Hopefully he can come back a little stronger here in week four. Pretty narrow margin. It came down to uh, the tight end position is what really set Waddle Baby Waddle apart with almost 24 points from Njoku. That's what I was looking at. That Waddle Baby Waddle won this matchup despite lots of underperforming players. He had two players on his team outperform their projections, and that was uh, David Njoku and the Browns defense. So... Fantasy football is just one of those weird things, and I I really thought that Hausman was going to have a chance to maybe pull this one off, especially with the complete lack of quarterback by Waddle Baby Waddle after the Trey Lance injury. And Kenneth Gainwell only gets you .6 points. That one's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, I'm really upset that I did drop Njoku in the Matrix League, and this 9 for 10 for 89 yards and a touchdown really burns. You know what doesn't burn, TJ? A good win over your buddy Taco. That is very accurate. Let's talk about that win. This was the second largest margin this week. Yeah, and the three-headed monster was a little lackluster this week other than Saquon. And Adam Thielen finally got into the end zone. How about that Philadelphia defense, though? Nine sacks. Nine times. (laughs) What would you do with DJ Moore if you had him on one of your fantasy teams? Do you have him on any of your fantasy teams? I know you have... A few more teams than me, and I have six. <laughs> I do. I have I have eight teams. Um, <laughs> DJ Moore is not on any of those eight teams, though. Um, I did stay clear of Carolina wide receivers for the most part. I stayed clear completely of Carolina in general. You know what? I did, too. I think it's a fluke week. So what you really had kind of going on here is that DJ Moore only caught one of six passes, for two yards. I thought it was two of six. No. One of six for two yards. Oh, okay. The two is the amount of yards that he got. Now, let's put this in context, though. Baker Mayfield only um, threw for 170 yards, so there wasn't a lot of yardage to go around. And how many their of them, defense did score one of their two touchdowns. How many How many of them were on the Robbie Anderson touchdown? No, it was LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, LaVisca's... He was two for two for like 90 yards or something like that. But so anyways, back to the question. DJ Moore, we, our ADD is getting the best of us. If you want to sit him until he starts performing, I'm not going to argue with that. That might be a smart move if you have options. If you can't sit him and you have to play him, then, well, you hope for the best. But I think better days are ahead. You got to remember too, Baker is new to the team. They were even playing games early on saying it's going to be a QB battle. Come on, you traded for Baker. You know you're going to start Baker. Just let Baker take the first team reps and it's now showing. DJ Moore isn't putting up numbers that a DJ Moore should. He's a phenomenal player. He's very, very talented, very athletic and should not be getting one reception on six targets for two yards. Well, to be fair, didn't he have like 33% of the targets? Me personally, I think I'm if I'm I'm going to drop DJ Moore and let somebody else pick him up and let him be somebody else's headache. It's still early week 3. It I don't think it's time to go off and drop any names that are the big names. We'll get to this later, but I haven't dropped Russell Wilson yet, have I? Not yet. <laughs> And he will turn it around. It's just a matter of time, but he will turn around. He's uh, he's a very talented quarterback. That's difficult to say. We'll we'll revisit this one in the pre matchup, but at it's it's different when you're three and zero and you got a struggling player than when you're zero and three and you got a struggling player on your bench or on your line or even in your lineup. 
Well, and if you have options, you can you can pop somebody else in. He did have Tyler Boyd score 20 points on his bench, so it's not like he's out of players. Let's move on to uh, Cup of Tea versus Bushzilla. So this was the largest margin of victory this week. I mean, Lamar Jackson puts up almost 50 points. He is just... QB1 on the week. QB1 on the year. Yeah. And on the other side, Tom Brady just hasn't been a great fantasy quarterback this year so far. His wide receivers have been hurt, and there's this, the, you know, watching the Packer game on a Sunday, you, they're driving down the field in this fourth quarter, and, you, and there's two minutes left, and you, you just sit there, and you know, you know Tom Brady is going to score. I was 100% sure that that game was going to go into overtime. But it just doesn't show up on the fantasy production anymore. Or it hasn't the past couple of games. I'm sure it'll get there as he adjusts. Yeah, you know he's going to put it together. He's a pro. He's been doing this long enough that he knows how to win football games. And I think things will come together for Tampa Bay eventually. But it definitely hasn't this past week nor any of these first three weeks. It's It makes you wonder, you know, is he is he finally starting to, to show his age? But, I mean, the running backs on their team. I mean, you got Taylor... Robinson, James Robinson is just putting up numbers, and when you put him in your lineup against Derrick Henry, scoring 25 points, oh, whoops, is that on our bench, actually? That was on her bench. Ah, that's Daryl Henderson scoring 1.7 in the lineup. That is really hard to compete against James Robinson's 20.6 when he goes for 17 carries, 100 yards, one touchdown, three for three in receptions for another 16 yards. Cup of tea. What is Derrick Henry doing on your bench? The Yeti never rides the bench. It snowed in New Hampshire. You know, she did make up for it with her wide receivers a little bit. Um, Both Cooper Cup and A.J. Brown putting up very solid performances. Conklin, even, at tight end, putting up a solid performance. And Amari Cooper in the flex, another 23 points. So um, she had good contributors, just her underperformers underwhelmed enough. The, the 1.7 from Henderson really hurt. I mean, you swap Henderson for Henry, and that flips this matchup. It does. Absolutely. That was the decision. And then, again, Chenault on the bench was 17. Ah, you know somebody had him in a DFS lineup this week. Wasn't me. Wasn't me either. All right, now let's move on to our matchup of the week. This was our game of the week. It was very close in the predictions. We talked about how close it was going to be last week. It did not disappoint. Tom's team sucks. Narrowly pulled out a victory over TDL. Formerly known as Tom Team Sucks. The Pity City took out a very narrow half-point victory against TDLs. And down to the final night, Tony Pollard, the last plays of the game on Monday Night Football. Well, I'm happy for you. You got to win. You stayed undefeated. Sorry to TDLs. Now we move on to week four. But before we do that, let's talk about the trade wins. Waddle Baby Waddle and Cup of Tea. Waddle Baby Waddle sent away A.J. Dillon to Cup of Tea. Cup of tea sent away Brees Hall to Waddle Baby Waddle. I think this is an excellent trade for both teams. You got Waddle Baby Waddle, who's 2-1. They can they got some time to let Brees Hall develop a little bit, because I'm sure he'll be a complete stud by the end of the year, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time for him to get used to the NFL. Now we got Zach Wilson coming back, so we'll see how that changes things. 
on the other side of the trade, a team who's 0-3 gets a badly needed running back in A.J. Dillon, who should come out and perform very well this week against the Patriots' defense. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I like the trade a lot. I think kind of on the counter side, you have Brees Hall now with Wilson coming back. He didn't check down a lot to his running backs, so will he still keep getting these checkdowns that he's been getting? He had, uh, what, like eight receptions two of the first three weeks, so... Um, if those do dry up kind of like they did last year, Carter did not get a lot of checkdowns while Wilson was on her center. But while the backup Mike White was in, he was getting tons of checkdown passes. So it could be a situation like that again. And if that happens, maybe Hall won't have quite the value. And if they continue to split the timeshare, um, and AJ Dillon could on the Packers keep pushing for more and more reps. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to take over without an injury just because of what we have with Aaron Jones, but he's definitely getting his fair share of playing time and has a lot of opportunities to at least put up big weeks. Good trade for both teams. Yep. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be very excited to see kind of what happens at the end of the year and see who really did win this trade. Speaking of trades, how are you feeling about your Michael Pittman for Debo Samuel trade? You still high on it? Yeah. The year is still young. And I mean, Pittman put up another good week. I got eight out of nine for 72 yards, 15.2 points. And Debo only had a 12-point week, five carries for six yards, five for eight on receptions for 73 yards. So pretty similar stat lines, just slightly outperforming this week. Pittman did miss last week, so that does hurt the overall points scored metric. But there's a lot of time left in the season, and I think Pittman is just going to keep on plunking away, and he'll be a higher-ranked wide receiver by the end of the season so I, I i do think i won that trade all right well uh maybe there'll be some more trades going down this week let's get into this week's matchups all right week four yeah week four the Favre week and uh speaking of brett Favre, let's get into the uh you know brett Favre made an appearance at our buddy's wedding and uh let's get into the the matrimony matchup this week this is going to be a good matchup this is going to be a nice close one will lamar jackson cool off this week against the buffalo defense they were able to cool off Tua a little bit yeah he might he might cool down a bit but when you're that liquid magma hot it takes a lot to cool you off i think he's still gonna run pretty hot you got james robinson who's been running really hot it's time for a nice bounce back from tyreek you got Debo, you know he's going to put up some points. Garrett Wilson, I mean, he's got he's got a pretty nice team here. You're definitely going to see a lot of points flying up on the board, but Neek is not going to be shying away from scoring points either with McCaffrey and Fournette leading her out of the running back. Hopefully Kittle will finally turn things around a little bit. And then Romeo, let's see some points. We want Leonard Fournette to go off in this matchup, right? Oh, absolutely we do. Who told her to keep him? What a shove-it-in-your-face moment. To tell your hubby, thanks for telling me to keep Fournette, you lost. I don't know if that'd be a shove it in your face moment. That'd be more like a haha, I was right moment for Dan. Finding the bright side in the loss. I like it. I will say this. I was looking at this lineup and Bush's lineup is star studded with Taylor, Jackson, Samuel Hill. I think this is going to be a tough one for Neek to overcome. I definitely agree that it is a uphill battle, but I think she is up for the challenge, and I think she's actually going to, currently the underdog, she's going to come and take this one, and I think it's going to be a very close matchup, like I said earlier, but I, I think she will win by a narrow margin here, and this may even be the narrow margin of the week. Are you ready to put Cam Akers in your lineup if, if you have him? No. No? Still wait and see on Cam Akers? I am very impressed with what's happening with James Robinson this year. 
And I think he is going to be the one that will be the poster child for coming back from Achilles' heel. I know Cam Akers finally put up a, a, a decent week last week, but I guess it's just that. He put up a decent week last week. I mean, he's not putting up prolific numbers. When you look at James Robinson, he is putting up RB1 numbers. And, I mean, he is an RB1. He is the third-ranked running back on the season right now. He is put up 100 yards and a touchdown. He's He's got four touchdowns total, but three rushing touchdowns. He is the scary running back currently. Maybe I'll go trade for him. Ah, maybe not. You got enough running back. Stop hoarding. Who are you, Waddle Baby Waddle? Uh, I really hope that uh, Neek can overcome that star-studded lineup, but uh, I think this is Bush's matchup. We'll, we'll see what that Green Bay defense does against the New England offense without Mac Jones. That's going to be another factor in here. Um, you could see a lot, a lot of Green Bay turnovers this week. Next matchup, you know, and I and I will say this, we, I I did um I did kind of want to talk about the uh, this is our first week of non-divisional games, so you know those those first three games had a little extra weight on them because there we are in our divisions, and I will say this, uh, the upset by Neek over Scary really helped out Mrs. Sirius because now everyone else in her everyone in her division is now one and two, and she is two games ahead of everybody and has a win over everybody, so. She is smooth sailing right now. That is a uh, a nice strong start for the season. A lot can change though throughout these sixteen weeks. Can you make the moves to keep yourself to keep rolling? Well, and then at the end of the season, you're going to face all of those people again. And if they can make a few moves, make a few changes, get some better starters in their lineups, they can really flip those tides at the end of the year and maybe even put a damper on her season. So it, it's the divisional matchups. I think are going to be a lot of fun this year and. Um, I can't wait to see the, the last few weeks. All right, next matchup, Taco versus the team that scares me. So, I mean, you're 0-4. You're coming into this matchup. You need a win. 0-3. Oh, 0-3. Sorry. My bad. So you're 0-3. Coming into this matchup, you need a win. TJ, who are you going to start this week? Your lineup, are you going to start Tua, or are you going to roll with Stafford? You know, I think you have some choices to be made right now. Um... The quarterback decision is kind of tough, and the running back room is looking a little down compared to your opponent. Um, I think the real answer here is that you trade one of your quarterbacks and try to get some running back help. That was the correct answer. You get an A for the day. All right. But yeah, you're absolutely looking at this team, and you're 0-3, not 0-4. I'm looking to make a move. You know, your, your starting backs are Antonio Gibson and Kareem Hunt. And while it's Gibson's show right now, we don't know what's going to happen with Brian Robinson and when he's going to come back and if he's going to take over the role. It's not Kareem Hunt's show in, in uh, Cleveland. Like, Nick Chubb is clearly, clearly the number one. And you also could use, and this team also could use some wide receiver help. Uh, we talked a little bit about DJ Moore earlier. And... Um, when you're 0-3, having a player who's not going to play uh, for next three games like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you could you could use that as some trade bait too to try and uh, try and get some more firepower. So Hopkins is a great player. When you're 0-3, it's really hard to have, like you said, somebody sitting on your bench that can't even score points if you needed them to. But these names and the talent, I mean, Hopkins is a talented wide receiver. DJ Moore is a talented wide receiver. Is he going to turn things around? Absolutely. Can you wait for it? I think now's a great time to find a suitor. Who knows who that might be, but like you even mentioned, Mrs. Sirius. 
3-0. and That might be the kind of person that can sit around and wait for their firepower to build up later in the season that might need it. And they could take Hopkins now and give you somebody that will actually start in your lineup and put points on the board and put wins under that win column. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important stat that matters. Well, I mean, if you don't win the game, how are you going to win any of them? Yeah. As John Madden always said, the team that's going to win this game is the one that puts more points on the board. Um, look at the other side here. Um, you got the the, the scary Bengals. Um, lots of lots of investment in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati on this team with Burrow, Mixon, and Chase, and they all play on Thursday night. So we might get a early glimpse of how this game is going to go. That will give Taco a, a better idea if he wants to go for like a steady hand in Stafford, or if he wants to throw in a a higher ceiling guy like Tua. Like well, that, Tua does play on Thursday night also, so he's not going to have. That oh, option. that's right. That doesn't help at all. Uh-huh. Never mind. However, the point you just brought up is a really great one. That a lot of Scary's players are playing on Thursday night, so you really will have that good preview of what's to come. Um, that is definitely going to be an advantage on Taco's side to not have already committed positions and to be able to make some last-minute adjustments and try to hopefully squeak out a win here. I think the other thing is, is you got Scary's got the... If you look at the defenses here, both these defenses have been playing very well. Philadelphia and Buffalo. And Philadelphia gets Jacksonville, and Buffalo gets Baltimore. And, you know, are they going to be... We, we talked about Lamar Jackson in the last matchup. Are, is Buffalo going to be able to contain that that red-hot Baltimore offense? That's going to be something to watch for this game. Absolutely it is. All right, let's move on. Um, we got the doctor. We got a doctor in the house versus cup of tea. So this one, too, is looking to be a very close matchup on the books here. Will Brady be able to turn around? I think that's one of the bigger question marks out there. Maybe the other one's going to be, will Derrick Henry find it into her starting lineup? The doctor is a little thin at running back. Gainwell, Kamara, and Ken Walker as his only three options. Yeah, I do think that eventually the doctor's lack of running backs are going to come back to bite him. And I think it I think it very well could be this week. I think Cup of Tea gets their first win this week. I agree with you. I think Cup of Tea has been waiting long enough. She's had a couple of nice close losses um, that I know are painting her. So I think this is going to be the week that she comes out strong and she's going to finally get a win in the win column there. I like it. I like it. So moving along, next we have Waddle Baby Waddle versus Badger Girl. I think one of the biggest question marks here is going to be whether or not Swift will be playing. He hasn't already been called out, correct? He's still up in the air. Yeah, but I think that I don't think he's been practicing at all this week. Yeah, he didn't practice today. We definitely, you know, that shoulder injury for running backs is definitely a tough one, and I I don't think Swift is going to play this week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't think he will either. Luckily. Waddle Baby Waddle does have a lot of options at running back, so a lot of choices there, a lot of potential trade bait if you want to go out and get maybe a quarterback. Or maybe you want to trade with the doctor since he needs running back help. The doctor could use some of the medicine that Waddle Baby Waddle has. There you go. Waddle Baby Pharmacy. So Badger Girls got some good running backs, but they got tough matchups this week. Um... Her wide receivers are solid. Mike Williams is kind of a boomer bust kind of guy. Justin Herbert's a little uh, banged up right now. 
and she's got some decisions to make in her flex. Uh, Patterson's got the Browns defense this week, but does she play him coming off that 20-point performance? The one thing we talked about a little bit earlier is how Waddle Baby Waddle's got both the Buffalo Bills wide receivers going against a very, very weak pass defense for Baltimore. With Josh Allen at quarterback, this could be explosive. Most definitely. I mean, on Badger Girl's side, too. I mean, she does have uh, several options on her bench there that we just talked about. Really blew up. Jamal Williams possibly starting this week, as we just talked about with Swift. On the other side here, um, Singletary, we talked about, had a huge week. And Cordell Patterson also had a huge week. So she does have a lot of options that put up points last week. If they can repeat those performances that... uh, that could be uh, something that might make her start-sit choices a little bit more difficult here. And I do always love, I'm not going to lie, I take a lot of um, a lot of glory in starting a backup running back that you have over your opposing team who has the starter who won't be playing just to rub it in their face that, hey, you could have had these points, but your guy isn't healthy. Am I the only one? No, that's a lot of fun. That's definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. All right. Let's see what's cooking in our next matchup. And, uh, hey, look, Dalvin Cook has an injury as we move into Fluffy versus TD Al. Now, for those of you who have been listening since the beginning, we talked about Dalvin Cook and his shoulder in our NFC North edition and how how hard he worked to get back on the field and going through all the rehab and stuff. And I got to admit, as a Dalvin Cook owner, I'm not really scared about this at all. Uh, if he misses this week, it'll probably be one week because I know that he's a uh, he's gonna go into the he's gonna go into rehab and he's gonna rehab that shoulder. Uh, this is a common injury for him; it happens all the time. He'll probably bring out that device again that he had last that he played with last year. And going into going into London, eight thirty start, bring it on. We did talk about that in our NFC North podcast. He really does have a great work ethic. And I think that showed last year, and I think that will end up showing through this year as well. So even if he does sit this week or have a down week, he will be back this season, and he will keep plucking on through. The nice thing for you is that you do have other options. I mean, you got your third-round pick in Williams there that you can toss right in. So um, not a lot of issues for you in the running back. I'm pretty good with that. St. Brown is also questionable. This is our first real matchup here that's got some injury implications of whether or not players are going to play. You got Miles Sanders on the other side who's questionable. Montgomery possibly won't play. He's, he's also questionable. So TDLs actually has a uh, pretty good selection of running backs also. So uh, another, yes, another, another possible trade. trade candidate. Yes, exactly. Some pretty good wide receivers too in his lineup. This is going to be, I think it's going to be kept close by some of these injuries, some of these last minute changes that may end up happening, whether it's Sunday morning or even just as the weekend approaches and we kind of get a, a little more clarity on who is and who is not playing. Um, this is going to be a fun game to watch. The one thing I feel fairly confident about is that you got Mahomes and CEH going against that Tampa defense. Definitely know that that Tampa defense is very tough, and uh, we'll see what the Kansas City offense has for it. But um, the projections are fairly close in this one, but I uh, think I'm uh, going to be rolling the 4-0 here. You know, I'm going to give it to... Uh, TD Dals to upset you on this one. I think with the right lineup, I think he's got a chance. So um, let's shoot for the underdog because, well, 
I'm also three and zero, and I want to root for you to lose. Well, speaking of being three and zero, next up we got our game of the week between the team that will be three and one and the team that will be joining me at four and zero. We got Pity City versus Mrs. Serious. This is going to be a good game. I am currently the underdog in the matchup, um, and Mrs. Serious has been putting up some points. We got Josh Allen going against the Baltimore defense, and even Mac Jones put up like 36 points on the Baltimore defense. And Josh Allen's been averaging like 40. I think we might be able to see a 50-burger here. Asking for a lot from Josh Allen. Uh, It's not unheard of for him by any means, and uh, I really don't want to see that. Um, Hopefully Russell Wilson can snap it back together. Yeah, you're right, I I do. I hate playing players that you have in other leagues, which happens too often when you have eight teams. Um, well, I guess we'll have to see if Russell Wilson can get in, uh, snap back to reality here against Vegas and actually do something. We know Justin Jefferson's going to turn it around. Last week was just an off week, but they'll get back to it against New Orleans here. Nice to see a little life last week from Kyle Pitts. I'm going to need it going up against Mark Andrews. As we talked about, he is uh, he is really leading all of the tight ends right now. And you got some good defenses going against some pretty good offenses, so we'll see how it pans out. Uh, I think Mrs. Series is going to edge you out in this one, buddy. I'm sorry. I definitely know it's an uphill battle here, but I think I'm going to be the team that uh, steps forward 4-0, and I will give Mrs. Serious her first loss. That could be serious for me. And I'm serious. Surely you can't be. Don't call me Shirley. All right, well, that wraps up our preview for the Week 4 matchups in the Mini Lombardi League. You got anything to add to this, TJ? Good luck, everybody, and uh, let's see some wins. And some losses. Have a great week. Bye.